Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Hour number two of Oilers Now. It's 105 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer with you. I do want to mention uh, we're going to have our New West Travel. We did a New, new West Travel group to New York City uh, back in October. We're going to have a New West Travel group joining us at the endless four-game road trip in Vegas. And we're heading back to Cali, sunny California. Not today, but this April with New West Travel. You fly to Los Angeles. You watch the uh, Kings and the Ducks against the Oilers. This New West Travel package includes airfare. Four nights at the Marriott L. LA. Lower bowl game tickets for both games. We'll have a couple of welcome receptions for you as well as special guests. For the California Hockey Tour, reach out to newwesttravel.com. Oilers now brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer, the ideal place to start your daily vacation. The Oilers on the ice over at crypto.com arena as we speak. Don't be surprised if they roll McDavid, Drysaddle, and RH all down the middle on their own respective lines. As we head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino hotline, the River Cree Resort and Casino open 24 7 65 excitement bet on it we welcome back to the show long time and i do mean long time la king's radio color analyst daryl evans hi daryl it's bob how you doing i'm wonderful bob happy new year to you how you keeping well fans are a little frustrated they expected uh you know uh, further traction from the orders at this juncture in the season uh, Edmonton has been consistently a second-half team, and they're going to need to be a second-half team to climb their way up the Pacific Division standings. By the way, how long now have you done the radio for the L.A. Kicks? Uh, 24. 24 years. I'm in year 15, so 24 years. And uh, <laughs> as I recall, were you not involved in one of the, a pretty significant goal in the Miracle on Manchester? I don't know. My eyes were closed, but that's what they tell me. That's what, that's what they tell me. I, I had the peepers closed, but uh, great memories playing against the Oilers and, you know, back in the day. And then, and now most recently, you know, at the playoff series last year, uh, you know, brought back some great memories again. And uh, I think uh, a nice rivalry uh, slowly building between the two teams. Did you get a chance on the NHL network at all to watch the World Junior Championship this year? I did. There was uh, there's some fantastic hockey. Uh, you know, it's great to see the young talent that's coming up. You know, the the, the athleticism of these young kids, the things that they're capable of doing, uh, makes for a lot of exciting years in, in hockey. And uh, I know we're going to, you know, in the next few years, we're going to see a lot of these young faces, you know, step into the NHL and uh, eventually some of them become stars. So it's uh, it's always exciting. Uh, you know, just the passion they play with and and uh, you know the, the interest that it, uh, it generates for the sport. Well, the L.A. Kings had a line called the Triple Crown line back in the day. You were sort of a, a second-line scorer on the team, but you played with Marcel Dion. And I have mentioned to the listeners that when I see Connor Bedard play, that's who he reminds me of. Do you think I'm out to lunch, or do you think I might be on to something? No, you know, that's it's a, it's a good uh, comparison. Uh, you know, uh, low center of gravity, uh, great skater, great vision on the ice, puck handler. Uh, capable of finishing and making plays, so no, I think I think that's a you know a pretty good comparison. Uh, you know, uh, Marcel, one of the greatest players ever to play the game, put up some incredible numbers, over 700 goals, and you know I think when Bedard gets the opportunity, uh, I think you're gonna you're gonna see a lot of the a lot of those similar type of things uh, in his game. Uh, you know, he, he you know he finds a way to get the job done each and every game. Uh, you know, his vision on the ice is incredible. The edges that he skates with, so he's gonna, he's going to provide a lot of entertainment uh you know and the team's lucky enough to get him uh there's going to be a lot of cheering going on there and 
a lot of the uh, the other cities are going to you know wish and hope that they would have been able to get him. But I think he's got a long career ahead of him in the NHL. We're joined by the man who scored the GWGNOT in the Miracle in Manchester way back when in uh, 1982 when the LA Kings orchestrated one of the greatest upsets. Now, that was in Game 3. The Kings came back from 5 nothing down to win 6-5. They ultimately won Game 5 at Edmonton. I was at that game. Uh, my uh, cousin Michael, we were we were choked, but you guys beat the Oilers 7-4 in Game 5. Uh, let's uh, get to the here and now, and I, I, I just... We, we, we got a lot of respect for Todd McClellan. You know that. Um, I, I would have at least gone the season in 1819 before making a change there. I didn't think it was necessarily the right move. We know Todd had a relationship with Rob Blake, and I knew that Todd was going to get a, a, a good uh, job opportunity. How much of what's happened here with L.A., and I, I might argue, Daryl, I think they've exceeded expectations over the last season and a half. How much of that can be attributed to the coaching staff? You know, I think I think you know, in some ways, you know, they are maybe a little bit ahead of their curve uh, getting into the postseason last year, and but I think as we kind of watch things evolve, like what happened last season, um, maybe escalated things a little bit this year, going out and acquiring a guy like Kevin Fiala. But Todd's definitely brought in a great structure within the coaching staff. Uh, a good system for the team to play with and also the you know the communication between he and Rob Blake you know having a coach and a manager general manager uh, you know Luke Robitaille as well having those guys on the same page all striving to you know achieve the same thing and you know seeing the things you know under the same set of eyes I think really keeps things uh, you know focused and allows you to be able to have success so um, you know they're pushing uh, you know there's still there's still a long way to go yet but I think they've definitely, you know, found a little bit of a niche here the last month. But um, the systems that are in place, I think the personnel that is in place here can thrive within it. Uh, but consistency is a big word. And, you know, you mentioned, you know, with Edmonton, you know, things are a little bit down there, you know, up and down. But I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, the expectation coming into this season after what they accomplished last year in the postseason. Uh, when expectation gets raised, um, you know, meeting meeting those levels of expectation are, are sometimes a little bit difficult. And you know, the Oilers have got you know a heck of a hockey club you know put in place there, and you know they'll they'll find a way. You know, just like every other team, you know, you go through your bumps and bruises and you know your hiccups through the course of the year. But you know, this is a team that uh, all they got to do is get to the dance floor, and we all know what can happen there when you you know when you get to that stage. So uh, it should be an interesting you know second half of the season for them. And you know, the Kings, like I said, uh, this last month they've been able to find. The groove and they're trying to get established that consistency, uh, making their drive to you know get back in the postseason for back to back years. The last three years for Edmonton, uh, second half winning percentages of 650, 678, and 695. I, I, it's it's interesting. They're going to need to be, you know, right now they're chasing down Seattle and LA and uh, Vegas and you know Calgary's right there with Edmonton. So it'll be interesting. Daryl Evans joins us. All right, Daryl. So. Is this team still ultimately the spine of the team, Dowdy and Kopitar, or is that too simplistic of a view? Uh, you know, I think, no, I think they're actually, you know, they have kind of spread their wings a little bit now. I think, you know, you go back to last season when Deneau and Arvison were added, uh, Edler back in the blue line, he's helped stabilize the blue line a little bit. But with Deneau and Arvidsson up front, 
I think the Kings have become a deeper hockey club. Now they bring into the mix Kevin Fiala, who's leading them in, in points this year. Uh, Adrian Kempe, you know, seems like, you know, last year he made a big step, uh, you know, getting over that 30-goal plateau, and uh, he seems like he's on pace to do that again. Ayafalo is having himself a real solid season. Trevor Moore, uh, who they just, signed, you know, extended a contract to. So I think there's a little bit more depth now. You know, there's still the, you know, there's still the corner pieces of, uh, you know, of the franchise, uh, Kopitar and Dowdy and Jonathan Quick between the pipes. You know, those are the guys that, you know, when you mentioned Kings, those are the first three names that come to you. And they're doing a great job at, uh, I don't want to say passing the torch, but kind of setting the example. You know, those are the guys that have been there. They, they know what it takes to win. And, uh, you know, they're, they're helping, uh, you know, shed that light upon some of the, you know, the young players that are, you know, at an influential stage of their career and uh, hopefully continue to keep moving in that direction. I know all three of those guys, they want to be part of it uh, because they're starting to see a little bit of daylight here after going through a few tough years with the Kings. We're joined by LA Kings radio analyst Daryl Evans, Bob Stoffer with you in Oilers. Daryl, uh, Edmonton had interest in the same goaltender that LA got signed to be their organizational number three goalie. Except right now he's not the organizational number three goalie. Uh, can you tell us the story of Phoenix Copley this year? Well, I think he's been the recipient. I'll start with he's been the recipient of a good situation. Um, he got an opportunity, and Kings were on a on a long road trip. They were up in Canada, and in the early part of the year, they were they were playing to score. And Todd McClellan's used it that now they're playing to win. Uh, on that road trip, they gave up 17 goals over three games. And Copley was in net for the last game uh, in Buffalo that they got beat 6 nothing, And it was a 0-0 game in the third period. Nothing to do with Copley's play. He actually played one hell of a game there. But he had the opportunity to go back in the net the next game, and that was a game in Boston. So going into Boston, you know, number one team in the NHL this year, uh, you know, fear of embarrassment. If you don't play your best game, you're going to you're gonna be in trouble. And the Kings dialed it in defensively. And from that point on, the Kings have been a much different team defensively, much more structured to their game. And, you know, coaches and, you know, organizations, you see, you know, you, you catch a, rot, a hot hand, you go with it. What Phoenix Copley's been able to do is he's been able to bring consistency in his game. He's a big presence in net at 6'4", you know, a couple of hundred pounds. And he's a stand-up type of goalie, takes up a lot of net. The opposition doesn't have a lot to see, to see, and he's not giving up many soft goals. So he's given the Kings a chance, but the structure of the game, along with him coming in and playing with his consistency, has really allowed him to... Uh, you know, to kind of start a new chapter in, in, in his career. Um, you know, he hasn't played a lot of hockey, you know, at the NHL level, uh, you know, in his career, just 42 games, you know, coming into action tonight. So he's uh, taken advantage of a great opportunity, but he's been very consistent. And a lot of it has to do with his, uh, with his presentation, uh, his size. He's a stand-up goalie. He takes up a lot of net. And, uh, you know, he's getting a lot of support from his team. So uh, it's good to, you know, it's good to see a story like that come in. And uh, right now the Kings are riding that hot hand. One guy that had a great start this year, he can score, uh, was a good junior player but dealt with injuries, Velarde, uh, Gabriel Velarde. And I want to ask you about Quentin Byfield as well. I, um, I know right now it looks like Stutzel is the better pick, but that's right now things can change and there could be an intersection. There. So I, I still think that Byfield's got a higher ceiling than Stutzel, and I, I mean that in all sincerity. Tell me about these two Kings drafted and developed prospects in Velarde and Byfield. 
Well, Velarde, you know, he's an interesting story. And if you look at both players, both were drafted by the Kings as centermen. And right now, both are playing on the wing. Uh, a little bit easier to play on the wing in the NHL. Uh, I think Tom McClellan's done a great job at seeking out the strengths in Gabe Velarde's game. Um, you know, being able to allow him to have a little bit more energy in the offensive part of things. As a centerman, you've got to come back into the defensive zone deeper, support the defense, and, you know, that little extra 15, 20 feet each and every time up and down the ice uh, takes a lot of wear and tear on his engine. So he's had a lot more in the tank at the other end. He's got great hands. Uh, when you get off to a good start, as he did, brings a lot of confidence, and a confident player is going to be a more successful player. And uh, he's starting to establish that consistency. He, uh, he's rounding out his game the other night in, in Vegas. He comes up with three assists, a career high three assists for him. Uh, you know, a great job by him. And uh, Byfield, uh, who most recently got pushed to the wing, just, uh, for, you know, Tom McClellan says, uh, you know, get him a little bit more ice time because up the middle of the ice, the Kings with Kopitar, Deneau, and Blake Lazat, who has uh, had an outstanding year, uh, you know, uh, Byfield, you know, down that fourth unit wasn't going to be able to get the minutes. So, Putting him over on the wing uh, this past week, he's been really good. He's engaging in the battles. Uh, uh, Tom McClellan again used the analogy that uh, you know earlier on, uh, you know he was using his legs, you know, to get into the battles, and you know now he's using his body in the battles. And uh, he's a lot tougher to knock off the puck. He last game in Vegas, he had a few opportunities in the first period, so. The chances are coming, and that's a huge step for you know somebody to hit stage of his career. And eventually, the finisher is going to come. But uh, you've got to start with the chances. And Kings are liking what they see right now, both in Quentin Byfield and Gabe Bellardi, two of the guys that the Kings uh, hope will be cornerstones in this organization for a lot of years ahead. And final question for you, Daryl, and it it pertains to what the Kings might do. I mean, we all expect Edmonton. Look, Edmonton's in a win now mode. Everybody knows that. Fans in oil country are frustrated that the team's yet again hovering. You know, just a couple games over five hundred halfway through the year. It's been like this for the last four seasons. They haven't been a great team in the first half of the year. Uh, they've been an average team in the first half. They've been an above average team in the second half. L.A. Uh, you know, they've got their first and second round draft picks. They valued the draft. They got three more first rounders still percolating in the organization. Clark just got sent back to junior. The Turcotts had some injuries. Um, uh, Bjornfoot's back down in the minors after playing all season last year in the NHL. Could you foresee the LA Kings stepping up to, to make another addition via trade at the deadline to sit there and improve the team in the second half of the year? Without a doubt, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, Rob Blake, along with Luke Robitaille and the coaching staff, um, you know, I, I think they're constantly looking for ways to improve the hockey club. And they put themselves in a position now with the, you know, with the assets that they retain and that being draft choices, uh, great prospects, you know, that are down in Ontario or, you know, playing collegiately or junior hockey. Uh, so they've got a lot of options. Uh, you know, I think, you know, they're seeking out, you know, where, where the biggest needs are right now. Um, you know, I know as they move forward, you know, with Jonathan Quick on the last year of his contract, uh, you know, and Cal Peterson maybe not being where he wants to be, you know, there's maybe a little uncertainty in the goal position. So I think they're, you know, they're open and open to looking at things there, uh, you know, consistently uh, over the last couple of few years, you know, that left shot defenseman with some size, uh, that'll be, you know, a priority. And you also have to leave yourself open to, you know, how you can improve your club up front. So that might be 
involve removing a piece in order to attain a piece, uh, but there are a lot of options. Uh, I will not be surprised if the Kings don't do uh, you know something um, which would, I would consider significant to make this team a better team uh, as they push trying to get into the playoffs again this year and uh, a deeper run than they had last year. Daryl, we'll see you tonight. Thank you for your time. Look forward to it. Have a great afternoon and uh, stay dry and uh, should be a great game tonight. Let's get after it. Thanks a lot. That's Daryl Evans, longtime LA Kings radio analyst. It is 121 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you on Oilers Now. Japanese Village for 50 years. Edmonton's destination for the celebration for the census reserved today at jvedmonton.ca. As we go into the Oilers Now injury report for James H. Brown injury lawyers. James H. Brown, it's just simple. Trent Brown, James Brown, the gang at James H. Brown. Proud supporters of uh, pro and amateur sport in the uh, in the city of Edmonton, over 250 years of experience, they get you the best results. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Evander Kane talked about it earlier. He's on the trip. Um, I don't see him playing on this four-game road trip. I could see Evander trying to push to get in, uh, maybe as early as next uh, Tuesday when the Oilers take on Seattle. But uh, would not surprise me if he's back in the lineup before the end of the month. Ryan Murray remains out with a back issue for Edmonton. Um, for the Kings, the man that got the hat trick against Edmonton, Trevor Moore. And Arthur Kaliev are both out. I'll have a look at uh, both lineups when we return on Oilers Now. It is currently 122 in Edmonton. Well, certainly some interesting takes on the Darnell Nurse uh, contract. How he, you know, his camp would have benefited from the injury to Oscar Kleffbaum. We did have a couple people mention, Bob, why didn't you point out that part of the reason why Nurse got what he got is he's also one of Connor McDavid's closest friends. See, it's an argument with Oilers fans right now and the teams underperforming that, I mean, it's not even an argument. You simply state, if Clefbaum hadn't been hurt, it's unlikely Nurse would be at 9.25. And you play chicken in a negotiation with an agent when he's your best defenseman coming off a 60-minute performance against Winnipeg in Game 4. So right now, when the team's four games over 500, and Nurse, even though he's got the best plus-minus on the team, a lot of you don't like that stat, you know, he had a tough night against Colorado, a couple sequences. And uh, and again, for a $9 million defenseman, it's tough to justify the offensive productivity expectations when you're not on the first unit power play, which he isn't going to be on. It's that simple. Let's uh, let's do this, and a lot of you see that, and some of you just, you know, go down a slightly different path, which is not to excuse that he can't play better. He can play better, and he'd actually played quite well for a number of games after the St. Louis game, and then the Oilers got exposed a bit against Colorado. Let's go to our game day lineup report brought to you by McGuire Financial. Have the right teammates on your side for your financial feature. For a free financial consultation, visit mcguirefinancial.ca. Edmonton comes in with a record of 21-17-3. They're plus 7 in goal differential. McDavid um, at, over at Crypto.com Arena with Costin and Yamamoto. Dry settle with McLeod and Hyman. RNH with Yanmark and Warren Fogle. Derek Ryan centering Dylan Holloway and yes, Pulley Pulley playing under 10 minutes the other night. Not Unfortunately for Jesse, and I know there's some Jesse fans out there, he's had a tough campaign so far. Three goals in 41 games. He's played a lot of time in the top six. 
Nurse and CC Nurse playing 24.06 per game. Kulak and Barry, Broberg and Bouchard, both CC and Kulak would like to uh, uh, get going. Uh, I do expect Skinner in goal. He's 12 and 10 this year, uh, 2.88 goals against average, 9.15. Save percentage, the order is fourth in goals for. They've actually moved up to 20th in goals against. First in the league in the power play at 32.2, and they've moved up to 23rd in the league in PK at 74.2. I talked about the fact that Edmonton's got a plus seven goal differential, yet they have a worse record than LA, who's got a minus four goal differential. Todd McClellan with a 577 winning percentage in his NHL career as a coach. The Kings are 23 14 and six. 23 14 and six. So they've played 43 games, two more than Edmonton. They have two more wins uh, than the Oilers, but they've. Uh, they are currently two, and the order, let's see, the orders are at uh, it's 245. There's seven points up on Edmonton, and they've played two more games, and it's those uh, overtime loss bonus points. Kopitar with Byfield and Kempe. Kopitar is seven times 70-plus point man, still playing north of 20 minutes per game. Deneau with Ayafalo and Ardvidsson. Lazat with Fiala and uh, Velarde. So they got some offensive productivity on that third line with Velarde and Fiala. Rasmus Kapari with Brendan Lemieux, who was out the last time the two teams met, and Jared Anderson Dolan. Uh, on defense, Mikey Anderson. He's the guy that cleaved Leon Dreisaitl from behind in the playoffs with Drew Doughty playing 26 minutes per game. Sean Dersey with uh, Matt Roy. Alex Edler, who stuck his knee out on Connor the last time the Oilers played the Kings, and Sean Walker. Phoenix Copley is 10-2 and two this year, 2.52 goals against average, 902 save percentage. The Kings, again, a minus goal differential. They're 12-7-2 at home. They're 13th in the league of the power play, 23.1%. They're 29th in the league at PK at 72.3, despite the fact that they're a top six face-off team at 53%. There you go. That is our game day lineup report for McGuire Financial. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. And when we come back in Oilers now, we'll hook up with Mike McKenna from Daily Face-Off and talk a little about goaltending.